What you're hearing uh, right now is the sound of Ian's hotel room in Asheville. So if it sounds different to you, if you're listening with your ears and it sounds different than it normally sounds, that's why. Because normally we don't record it in Ian's hotel room. We record it at the office. Or in my bathroom. Hey, Tracy, what can we help you with? So I have a roommate who is a pack-a-day smoker. He's very polite about it. He takes his smoking outside, but every time he comes back in afterwards, he, he just brings in like the swirl. He comes in swirling, surrounded by smoke and smell. Kind of like, uh, you know, those evil villains when they show up in a movie. Yeah. They're surrounded by like the puff of smoke. Sure. Yeah. And then he'll hang out in the living room. And so all my furniture has started smelling. Oh, mm. yeah. Yeah, that's the word. How, how did you end up? How did you end up being roommates with a pack a day smoker? <laughs> he is actually family, so I couldn't oh, say no. Sure. Sure. Yeah. So you love him despite his his smoking a pack a day. Uh, yes. So <laughs> I, I love him. I don't like his habits. Okay. Yeah. Sure. I wonder if there's maybe a way we could get him to stop smoking. Oh, completely. I mean, is that should we try that? Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah, I th- I I think we can figure out we can figure out some solution to this problem. What's your roommate's name? Just so we, oh, as we move forward. Uh, his here. name is David. David. David okay. the Smoker. All right, Tracy. Well, we're going to, we'll look into this and hopefully we'll find a solution. Awesome. Thank you so much for talking with me. Well, let's see if we can, we can help out uh, Tracy. And maybe even help David stop smoking. Uh, Sam Byers stopped smoking. So, Sam, uh, first of all, what, what made you finally take action to, to decide to quit? I think all smokers know you can't smoke forever, and I, I certainly felt that. It was costing me a lot of money, and I was extremely unhealthy. My father had given up smoking through hypnotism, and so I decided to try that as a kind of last ditch. And did you, what was your attitude about hypnotism going in? Did you believe it was going to work, or were you, were you skeptical? Um, I think everyone likes to think they might be difficult to hypnotize, like, you know, maybe too smart or kind of yeah. too aware of how hypnotism works. And I wondered if it would work for me. And even during the experience of being hypnotized, I remember thinking, well, you know, I'm still completely conscious and aware of everything that's going on and it doesn't really feel like anything is happening. So I was quite skeptical and that skepticism actually lasted right up until it was over. The the person that hypnotized you, what was their, their method of, of bringing you to that state? Um, at first, she got me to define some kind of important reasons I wanted to give up smoking. And then there was also a kind of aversion element where she told me to imagine every time I was smoking that I was eating a plate full of human hair. And then once she'd done those things, I remember counting backwards and there was a kind of more traditional hypnotism element, which really just felt like relaxation. It was a lot less trance-like than I'd imagined it would be. No, like, pocket watch swinging in front of your eyes? or, or No, just yeah. some calming music, and I was just sitting on her sofa in her, in her lounge in her, her house in Norwich. And it wasn't until I was outside and I decided just to have, just to think about having a cigarette that I realized, yeah, it definitely there'd been some kind of effect. What happens to you when you think about a cigarette? Um, now, nothing. But then that first time, I still had some tobacco in my pocket and I thought so, you know, I thought I would imagine having a cigarette. And then I, I started coughing 
really quite dramatically. You know, my eyes were watering, my nose was running, I was kind of hacking and wheezing. I felt sick and I felt like there was stuff in my throat, like maybe hair or it was it was really unpleasant. Do you know why the 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 woman that hypnotized you, why she chose eating a plate of human hair? Uh, because she she initially asked me to think of a food that made me feel sick. Uh-huh. And I couldn't think of anything. Uh, I'm pretty pretty easy going eater, so there there wasn't a, there wasn't a food that immediately sprung to mind as being repellent enough for me to to work. So she said, whenever people couldn't think of a food, she always just suggested human hair because <laughs> it's pretty reliable that no one wants to eat human hair. Yeah. Um, and for me, it was a really strong image. Still, sometimes if I get a hair in my mouth, it makes me feel sick. Ugh. So uh, we have a we have a caller who whose roommate smokes, and I guess he smells. He's smelling up the whole place. He goes out, he smokes, he comes in, and he brings it with him. Do you have any recommendations on how she can get her roommate to stop smoking? Well, in my experience, uh, there's that old joke about therapy. You know, how many therapists does it take to change a light bulb? Only one, but the light bulb has to really want to change. <laughs> but if, you know, if he's already giving up smoking, that's something he wants to do, then... Uh, something I definitely found helpful was to, like, maybe suggest some activities where you wouldn't be able to smoke anyway. Deep sea diving would be an yeah. activity that wouldn't allow you to smoke. Exactly, yeah. Or swimming or, you know, just something where... Because I think for a smoker, they've made all these little connections and an awful lot of them revolve around having a cigarette. Well, this is great. Thank you, Sam. No problem. Thank you. You know, we should try and hypnotize David. Yeah, Chris Jones is a hypnotist. He's here with us now, and we are going, we're going to try and do this, try and hypnotize via podcast. And remember, Chris is a professional, so if you're listening to this, you might be hypnotized. You might get hypnotized by Chris. Don't listen to this while driving or while operating heavy machinery in case it actually works uh, and you fall asleep. Yeah, so pause the, pause the podcast, uh, pull over if you're driving. But just, just uh, turn off the tractor. If you're driving a tractor, yeah, land the plane. If you're uh, on an aircraft uh, carrier, uh, probably pull into a harbor now. So, so Chris, is this uh, actually possible? Do you, do you think you can hypnotize over over a podcast? Absolutely. Yeah. So we're thinking like three minutes of me telling them you're relaxed, you're hypnotized now, and now you don't feel the urge to smoke anymore. Does that? I mean, that kind of thing that actually work? Yes. Yeah. And Without, do you do that kind of hypnotism? I don't. Um, yeah. Helped a lady lose weight, though, and that was kind of interesting. Like yeah? She's like, hypnotize me. I'm like, I don't want to charge you. I just want to see if this will work. And uh, she lost 40 pounds. And I was like, well, that was flipping sweet. Yeah. I found out a week later, after she met with me, she got her stomach stapled. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I guess. It's just one part of a yeah, weight loss part. program. Yeah. 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 So, so you think you can hypnotize somebody without being in the same room with them? Absolutely. Without looking at them? Yes. Yeah, because the kicker with hypnosis, it's self-hypnosis. You're hypnotizing yourself. Well, should we see if we can do it over the podcast? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's hope David the smoker. Tracy, if you're listening to this, put your headphones on David. Uh, and David, I guess, listen to Chris. Is that? Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, thank you for being with me. I want you to sit back in your seat, please, and take in a deep breath in. And you can let it out. And again, the most important thing is your safety. So I want you to sit all the way back in your seat. You can put your hands on your lap. 
In a moment, I'm going to have you touch your chin against your chest. That's a relaxing and safe spot for your head and your neck to fall. So have your chin just touch your chest. That's where I want you to have your chin during this. Uh, at a certain point, I will say the word sleep. Sleep doesn't truly mean sleep. It just means to relax, to focus on my voice and your own breathing. So you can take in a deep breath in, please, and let it out. And another deep breath in, please, and let it out. And just for your own visual concentration, you could just close your eyes. Let your chin touch your chest. And you can let your shoulders relax. And I'll give you 10 numbers. You'll hear everything I'm saying. Let your mind relax. 10 is the first number. Relax the muscles in your face and your jaw. Nine, relax your shoulders. And eight, notice as your breathing becomes more relaxed. Seven, you can double your state of relaxation. Let your body become more heavy and more tired. Six, and I could say the word sleep. You're not truly asleep, but your subconscious mind is now more powerful. Your subconscious mind is telling you that you have something about you you would like to change. You want your quality of life to improve. Cigarette smoking isn't good for you, and you're aware of this. It's not good for your health. It impedes your social life. And if you truly believe it, it doesn't make you fully happy. It's an expensive habit, and it reflects poorly on you. If you feel the urge, you can release the urge to have nicotine. Take a deep breath in and let it out. You don't need cigarettes. You have to replace the habit of putting a cigarette to your lips with something more productive. Let your subconscious mind say, whenever I feel the urge to have a cigarette, I don't need one. I would probably enjoy more chewing sugar-free gum. Take a deep breath in, relax and sleep all the way down. Let your subconscious mind know you're in control of this cigarette habit. I'll give you 10 numbers. You remember everything that I said. You'll be alert, aware. Take a deep breath in. One and two. Each number will slowly bring you more alert as if you're going up an escalator. And as you go up, you see a little bit more light. You become more aware. Three and four. Again, more alert. Remember everything that I said. Replace that negative, dirty, undesirable habit with something more productive. Imagine your quality of life improving. Six and seven. Slowly, when you feel the urge, you can open your eyes. Eight. Another deep breath in. Nine and ten. I will say awake. Remember everything that I said. When I say awake, whenever you feel the urge, you can open your eyes. Wide awake. Thank you. As I was watching this whole thing, Mike, were you hypnotized? No. You looked pretty relaxed. You almost drooled a little bit. Well, that <coughs> was the drooling that stopped me from being <laughs> hypnotized. Yeah? Yeah. And uh, another kicker, I was aiming for the, the cigarette. And when I said cigarette, you, you smiled and you looked both parties like, oh, this isn't about me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> 
like we snapped him into kind of a different yeah yeah well do people what do you do when you're doing a hypnotism about people that drool because the minute you relax like my jaw i could feel oh, how tense it was I just it, to, it oh. doesn't matter um i did a routine on stage not too long ago and i had people asleep and their head goes on their shoulder or goes on the person's shoulder next to them and this guy is on this girl's shoulder and he's drooling on top of her head he didn't wake up and she didn't wake up and everyone in the audience is cracking up laughing and just no response. Yeah. Could you, you think, you think you could hypnotize somebody to start smoking? That's very interesting. Uh, that's a very interesting. Maybe that's the solution here is that we should hypnotize Tracy yeah. to start smoking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just listen back, I guess, to the hypnotism and do, do all the opposite. Or just play it backwards. Yeah. That would be interesting. Yeah, just in reverse. <laughs> I love cigarettes. <laughs> well, this has been great. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Thank you for having me. You, you know, Tracy, I think, originally got in touch with us just to get rid of the smoking smell. Yeah, we're trying to fix David when really the simplest thing would be just to cover up the horrible smoke smell. One, one way to do that is uh, to, you know, get another scent in the home. On the line with us now is Bill McLaughlin. He's the plant curator at the United States Botanic Garden. They have they have their what is called uh, the corpse flower. It is, I, I believe, the stinkiest plant in nature. Yeah, it's this seven-foot-tall, horrible, horrible-smelling plant. Bill, so you're there right now. How close are you to the corpse flower? Uh, probably about uh, 30, 40 feet away. Uh, what's the smell like uh, 30 or 40 feet away? The smell has dissipated. It was uh, really at its height last night, um, starting around 6 p.m. It probably peaked you know, somewhere around midnight, and then it uh, tailed off so that the people coming into work this morning got a, a slight whiff of dead animal, uh, <laughs> but right now there really isn't any in the in the room. So what happened? Were you there at midnight when it reached peak smell? I was here for the beginning of the cycle uh, when it just started. Uh, it took it about an hour, hour and a half to fill this very large conservatory space with its odor. It sends it up with heat in a column. And basically it took a while for the smell to kind of curl back down and uh, tap us on the shoulder <laughs> and announce its presence. Wow. Can you? Is it like a cartoon? Can you see the wafting odor kind of coming out in like little billowing clouds? No, no, no. It's uh, the kind of amazing thing about it is I was uh, standing over top of it to take a photograph, and you could feel the heat uh, carrying the odor upward. So <laughs> it does generate heat, which is pretty amazing. Wow. So we have a caller uh, named Tracy whose roommate uh, smokes. And when he he goes out, he smokes outside. When he comes in, he brings that horrible smoke smell with him. Oh, uh, right. Could you use a corpse flower, you think, to mask that horrible <laughs> smoke smell? Uh, that I don't know. The kind of nice thing about it is after being uh, inundated with the odor for a couple hours last night, I don't think it followed me to my car. It's not a smell that adheres to you? No, it's pretty volatile. Okay, so when you go home at the end of the day, you walk in the house, people aren't like, oh, Bill, what happened? No, no one's going to think I uh, imitated my dog and rolled in something dead. Well, this is great, Bill. Thanks a lot. Absolutely. We heard from Cole. He says he listens to our podcast while picking up garbage with a picker that has blown around the landfill he works at in South Dakota. All right, Cole, these next 15 seconds are for you. To my love, 
took it down. Yeah, this is a pickin' tune. Yeah, you can really stab some stab some trash with that. Yeah, like landfill trash, not just any trash. Uh, I think I see a twenty dollar bill over there, Cole. Nope, it was a uh, just a burrito wrapper. Sorry, Cole. We're still collecting your Toilets of the Week. Get your nominations to howto at npr.org. Joining us now is Casey Malone. He's at the Five Point Cafe in Seattle. Casey, tell us about your toilet. Right. So uh, I'm actually standing by the door and somebody just walked in there. So I'm probably not going to walk in and describe the urinal as he's using it. Um, okay. But as you walk into the to the men's bathroom at the Five Point, there's a... Well, I think calling it a urinal might be a little bit generous. It's more of a hole or a trough kind of in the corner with a drain. But as you step up to it, there's this um, rectangular piece of glass right at eye level. And as you're leaning in to do what you're going to do, and you look in the glass, you'll see that uh, it's actually a periscope that goes through the roof. And on the other end is a direct view of the top of the Seattle Space Needle. So it's almost like you're peeing on the Space Needle. On the base of it, perhaps, and yeah. you're super tall. Yeah. I never I, actually thought of it that way, but uh, I don't think I'm ever going to be able to see the same way here again. Yeah. Anybody who's had that dream of being a giant peeing on uh, the Space Needle. What's going on there? Is everything okay oh, at sorry, the five points? I just walked in now to get like a oh, more okay. to get to get a better feel of it. I didn't. It felt a little weird to describe the urinal the guy was using as he was using it. Yeah, I think but, you're you're a polite man. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm I'm Canadian. I guess. <laughs> um, so now I'm 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 looking through it as we speak, and uh, yeah, it's clear as day. It's right there. Well, congratulations, Casey. You have this week's toilet of the week. Woohoo! Are you playing the music? We just did. We should add, Casey is raising money on Kickstarter for his illustrated short story, The Pale Man. That does it for this week's show. What'd you learn, Ian? Well, I learned that uh, there's there's really no nothing more disgusting to eat than a plate of human hair. But what if? Here's the question I had during that interview with Sam. Like, what what if he really liked eating human hair? Yeah. Does anywhere even serve human hair anymore? Yeah, I think Hardee's. What do you think is worse, the smell of dead animals or the smell of secondhand smoke? What would you rather have in your apartment? Yeah, it's interesting you bring that up because my raccoon roommate, who's a big smoker, uh, just died. And uh, it's tough to know, really, what, what's worse. Hey, one thing before we get to the credits. Uh, Mike has discovered that there is a uh, minor league baseball player near Chicago. What, what's, the, what's the team? Yeah, the Cubs uh, minor league affiliate, the Kane County Cougars, has a third baseman named Rock Shoulders. And Mike really wants to interview Rock Shoulders because his name is Rock Shoulders. Yeah, the first question would probably be about his name and how awesome it is. That name again, Rock Shoulders. But that doesn't seem like enough of a reason to have him on the podcast. So what we need are questions from you to help us come up with an interview. Yeah, so if you can think of a good question to ask somebody whose name is Rock Shoulders, 
uh, get it to us, and we will track him down, and we will ask him. How to Do Everything is produced by Blythe Hega, with technical direction from Lorna White. Our intern this week is Leland Galetka. Leland uh, has our required skill in an intern uh, of underwater archaeology experience. Yeah, which is, you may have noticed that there are a couple of moments during the show where we heard that, that guggling sound. That was Leland. Get us your questions at howto at npr.org. And visit our website, howtodoeverything.org. I'm Ian. And I'm Mike. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs>